I love Sonic the Hedgehog. Whenever I'm on roller coasters or things that make me scared, yeah. whenever I'm trying to look tough, yeah. I end up doing this like repetitive laugh that's like <laughs> like there have it's been like staccato times machine gun of masculinity there have been times yeah exactly where i've been on a roller coaster this was a while back i guess yeah but whenever i was first learning to be on roller coasters which i never was on till i was in like high school same i waited a long time and when i was in high school anytime i would get on one it would be a steady sustained the whole time i would be like We'd be climbing up the top, and I'd just be like, <laughs> and then we'd be we'd be flying downwards, and I'd be like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm sure it was really, I'm sure it was really pleasant for everybody else that was on did, it. With did me. you ever do the ah? You never just put your hands up and let it scream. No, no. I, see, ha- I'm, really, inter- I'm yeah. not good at screaming. That's, yeah, I know. Yeah, but so even then, even in that circumstance, on a roller coaster, yeah, you're so. Um, inhibited scream wise mm-hmm. that it just had to come out in a bunch of tiny screams which is really what laughing is after all <laughs> are we already in it i feel like we're just in it i guess are we just in it? yeah uh, uh, sounds fine the laughs are good yeah they're gonna get to hear us test out some laughs i think that's great okay sure you know no i don't like exactly have an opening bit oh okay then the i could try to come up with one really fast live on the air um maybe i can oh, here that's what we'll do today i'll pull back the curtain mm-hmm. and i'll show you the process i go through when making a bit. Okay. It used to be a little more complicated, but lately I think, what rhymes with X? <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some that I've thought of that have been removed before is like, oh, what's a good breakfast cereal, Sonic? Checks, you know, like uh-huh. that one. But yeah, that one's not a good joke. Yeah, that, that one's out of there. Yep. I've thought about, you know, what if Sonic, what if there were like 151 Sonics and you needed to collect them and you would do that with your Sonic decks? <laughs> decks. You know? And then, uh, but you've already done some muscle-related ones, so you wouldn't want a Sonic Flex. <laughs> That's true, because Pex was already really close. Pex is so already very good. We can't take that one. Yeah. Um, and I think one of my favorite kinds of food yeah. is when you take food from Mexico, and from, then you also take food... When you have food from Sonic Texas, and, and food from, from Sonic Mexico. And you have Sonic Tex-Mex. <laughs> this is like being handed a bag of M&M's. And just cramming handful after handful in your mouth, mm-hmm. but also realizing that some of these aren't M and M's. I'm not sure what I'm eating. You know, we've got a lot of these jokes. Yeah, and I feel like if we put them all together, we definitely have a Sonic multiplex. So that one was because we needed a we needed a punch, but yeah, the keen eyed keen eyed listeners will know that that joke didn't make any sense. <laughs> you may not have noticed, but you know what? If you didn't laugh, don't worry. It's not you. It's us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with, I, I, but you know, when the Sonic X well is so deep. Mm-hmm. And the and the joke well, you know, since they they're coming up golden every week, I feel like why change it? Totally true. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of insensitive for you to talk about deep water when Sonic is involved. 
That's a really um, great point, and a, also a really great segue into, to this episode of Sonic X. Welcome to your two show, everyone. This is a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast where we. This is this is a culture podcast where we Sonic into the rest of the world. This is the Criterion Collection commentary <laughs> for the entirety of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Welcome to the Sonic Criterion Collection. <laughs> Today we will be doing our commentary on the episode 8 of Sonic X. Episode, episode 9. 9. We've prepared a... Episode 8 of Sonic X entitled Episode 9. Episode... <laughs> what an aggressive mistitling. <laughs> oh, is... I find it to be simply marvelous. My favorite thing about art, you see, mm. is when something makes absolutely zero sense. It just gives me the shivers. My favorite thing about art is when two fingers touch. And that occurred in this episode. You have the painting with Michelangelo mm-hmm. and God himself mm-hmm. touching their tips against yes. each other. And in this episode... I, I find that... Very disgusting. I love it. I love it. You've got E.T. and Garfield almost touching fingers in that <laughs> other classic painting. But in this episode... this is That's a very good point, Nicholas. Mm. I would like to dig deeper into this idea that all true art has fingers touched. Rembrandt e. was quoted as saying, Pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> Pull my finger and I shall art. <laughs> <laughs> Debussy tickled the ivories with his fingertips, and a piano's keys are also kind of its fingers, so any time a person is playing piano, uh, that's art. <laughs> <laughs> Miley Cyrus has become well known for her single finger touching in the USA. <laughs> and it has it has truly taken off. Um, this episode, unfortunately, made me believe in Sonic and Amy's love. I just want to throw that out at the beginning, and I know it's going to make some people mad. I know it's going to cause some trials and tribulations it for our shippers out there. It makes me mad, and it might be true. At the very least, it created the possibility that, yes, Amy might feel more strongly for Sonic than Sonic does for Amy. Mm-hmm. And yes, Amy might conduct most of their relationship in the playground of her imagination, Mm -hmm. but Sonic does not hate Amy. So I understand your reservations, but I have a counterpoint. I'm ready to receive. I've prepared a short essay. Please extend your counterpoint. (laughs) In the name of love. No, this is my essay. Uh, Once more, in the name of love. It's so hard for me not to sing along. With that great old song by Phil Collins, <laughs> the name of love. Featured in, in the hit movie Tarzan. Tarzan is a baby in the trees. I was drums, doing... Drums, 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 drums. Drums, 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 drums. He's a baby in and the gor- trees. And gorillas know what Tarzan needs. Drums. I really like that Tarzan song where they go... But that last part, remember that last part with the oh yeah, it was like a, it was like one of those orangutans and it was like holding its ear like it was being a pop star. I love that part. Yeah, my favorite part of the Tarzan film. In this episode of Sonic X, Amy 
creates a bracelet, mm-hmm. a superstitious bracelet. Yeah, composed of tiny shells. It was. Oh, I would argue that it was composed of my emotions. Wow! And I watched them get smashed in front of me and then pieced back together yeah. by by love. Lacquered with her tears, mm-hmm. and then reborn in the fires of her passion. But I suppose we're getting ahead of ourselves. I suppose we might be. What happens in this episode, Caleb? Let me tell you all about it. So, Chris's mom, the famous movie star, is unable to attend a banquet that she is supposed to attend alongside every other wealthy person in the world at the summit where they're deciding the fate of Earth as we know it. (laughs) The G8 conference. Mm -hmm. Beach beach volleyball edition. (laughs) Yeah. It was a bunch of people in suits and ties uh, and beautiful dresses hanging out on an island. Mm. And Chris and... Uh, Mr. Tanaka yes. and Ella yes. all went together to this island because somebody from their family had to go. Chris, this th- the terrifying thing of this being that Chris is now in charge of the future of the world. I hear the, I saw a sign in the background in one of these shots that showed that the main topic of the summit was capitalism, yes or no. And, you know, honestly, I don't like the idea of a bunch of wealthy people deciding that for me. I don't think that they have sufficiently uh diverse representation re having money or not (laughs) to make that kind of decision at a place like this so everyone else decides it's a good opportunity to go on a beach trip right chris gets to go to wii sports resort everyone else just gets to go to the beach where they where you get chopped with a plastic sword yes (laughs) so everyone except for sonic because sonic as we know doesn't like water oh yeah and they reinforce this in a way that's good character building very cute sonic playing off the whole like nah you guys just go like whatever i'm gonna be here you guys do whatever yeah and them kind of being taken aback by his like general lack of energy for hanging out with them and they're all being buddies and like getting excited and he's being sort of a bummer so they have a fun little beast trip without sonic amy breaks off from the crowd to go have her own little uh, reveries about what it would be like if sonic were there because she's so in love with him Yes. She imagined them sitting on the beach together and none of this I wasn't super interesting to me. Whatever. Nope. This is fine. I don't I'm not that worried about yeah. Amy and Sonic at this point. And nope. me back then, before I became the me that I am now, was like, who even cares? It's like there was a different set of Nick and Caleb. Yeah. Before Episode eight. Episode nine. But a coconut falls on Amy's head, interrupting her reverie, and she gets very, very mad at it. Yeah. She was just imagining a perfect world with Sonic the Hedgehog. So she flings the coconut into the ocean where it bonks on a robot, but it doesn't seem to actually cause any of the problems that happen coming up. It just is a fun transition into, oh, there's a robot nearby. Yeah, it's the star wipe of this episode. Yeah. Which transitioning to now we will learn about Eggman's devious tentacular plot. So Eggman has apparently heard about this summit where yeah. all of the wealthiest people in the world are going to decide what happens with the world. Mm-hmm. And instead of allowing them to stay chill on their resort, he decides to tear that exact resort to pieces that day yeah. and replace it with Eggman's sea land. Yeah. And uh, I... I'm all for this, obviously. We love it when Eggman makes a theme park. Yeah. And it's it's his true calling. Mm-hmm. And if he can eliminate the bourgeoisie in the process... <laughs> yeah, good on him. Good for you! <laughs> this is one of Eggman's greatest plots so far. This is one of his best plans. Mm-hmm. It's very different from his Sonic Underground plan, where he just, uh, you know, became part of the of the right. machine yes. and then warped the nobility to his advantage. And mm-hmm. this one, he's just decided he's going to tear it all down. Get it. Get him out of here. All these suits and dresses. Yeah. No more. Kick him out. Kick him out. Or replace it with a mini golf course. That's what I say. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mini bar. More like mini golf. <laughs> Pave Richard ice and put up a mini golf course. 
Richard Dice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Richard Dice sounds like a sounds like a jazz singer from like uh, you know a while back from the times. Richard Dice. It, it sounds from when there was still history. Yeah, and we. <laughs> Back from before everything was done. <laughs> yeah, B, uh, BYL, before the year of Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to measure time. After the year of Luigi, 1,000 years of pain. What, what ails you? That should be obvious. It's after the year of Luigi. It's, I'm, I, 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 miss, I miss it. <laughs> Bokun goes to the house where Sonic is staying, Chris's house. And tells Sonic, invites him, basically. He says, hey, Sonic, we know you hate water, so guess what? We have a whole plan all about water, and there are lots of traps especially for you. Yeah. And instead of, like, an exploding TV or anything like that, Bokun just hands him a bomb. And Sonic yeah. picks it up, yeah. and it explodes. He just goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, Bokun put very little energy into this one, but it worked out the same. Beep, 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 Chuck Gain. In this scene... When the bomb goes off, Sonic and Grandpa Chuck are both caught in the blast. Mm -hmm. They are both painted with dirt and debris. And I believe this may be a hint from the creators of the show that we should imagine them the same color. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those like it's one of those metaphor things where they both really both of them come from the blighted wasteland of the future. That's right. And they have both returned to save us from that fate. Exactly. And mm -hmm. if at this point you haven't considered, wait, they kind of look alike. Now there's a little bit more of a clue. They're nudging us in that direction. So mm -hmm. they're just, beep, 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 beep. This has been Chuck Gate. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic goes and he immediately is, is no match for Eggman's octopus robot. Because of the soft alloy. Yeah. So, so far, <laughs> Sonic has made use of the rigid bodies of the previous robots, apparently. Right. And and their lack of flexibility. In fact, we see Sonic just shoot through a scaffolding made mm -hmm. of rigid metal and that it severs in half and topples over completely, dropping the Birdo uh, jelly bean yeah. from the top of this water tower. I think maybe that's the water tower. There's like a Yoshi egg There's that's a, like a little bit bent. It's a little bit Yoshi. It's a little bit Birdo. Uh, but it's maybe it's it's, 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 it's all weird bean. Mario animal, but it's definitely a mean bean, yes. a giant mean bean. Um, I uh, and he so he cuts that. So then when we see him attack the tentacle and it just stretches and bends, then we go, oh, mm -hmm. something's different here. And they explain that Octoron <laughs> slash E whatever, yeah, is made of a, a Eggman's most devious new development, a soft alloy. <laughs> yeah, so. Eggman's soft alloy uh, proceeds to drop Sonic in water and just hold him there. And for a second, we thought he was just going to drown him right then. He's underwater for a, almost 30 seconds, maybe. Yeah. Just like, like forever. Just struggling around. And then Eggman, true to form, pulls him out in order to brag. Yeah. And he's like, now do you give up? Do you give up yeah. yet? And Sonic is like, good try. And he tries to run away. The octopus is still stronger. Pulls yep. him in. Amy decides she's going to save the day. And she does. Yeah. She does it very fast and she saves Sonic's life. She and Tails are flying overhead and Amy just opens up the hatch and jumps out. Yeah. Produces the hammer from nowhere. Full on video game weapon equipped transition. She's she a magical girl. Yeah. I think, I think she might actually moonlight as a magical girl. That's right. Because of her like fortune telling powers. Yes. And other kinds of things. She, we, ooh. we saw her go from her beach outfit 
to it cut away and then cut back to her and she was wearing her battle outfit. Yes. And I think her magical girl transformation happened during that time. Did and she... then she summoned her spirit weapon. Oh my God. Does Amy have a little bit of a, like a Luna Lovegood thing going on? Where she's like a little bit spacey and she lives in her own imagination a lot of yeah. the time. And that makes other people sort of see her, you know, as not being very effective or not being very useful. But in fact, she's extremely powerful. And yeah, and when she pulls something out, she's got all of these powers. Yeah. But she, yeah, that weapon comes out of nowhere. And we don't see anybody else doing that. Yeah. We do know she can read tarot cards. Yep. There's Okay, all right. She's a magical girl. She came from a different anime. And she jumps out of a flying Gundam. And just, like, hammer smashes directly onto the tentacle, setting Sonic free. Yes, and the squishiness of it is not enough to deal with the uh, force of being totally squashed. As anyone who's ever played a video game knows, you need swords for uh, meat monsters. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need clubs for bones. Yeah. And you need hammers for um, squish fiends. And that's how you deal with them. Those are the three kinds of monsters in yeah. video games. That's uh, the, yeah. Meat monsters, bones, and squish feeds. Straight from the Encyclopedia Disgaea. Amy saves him and offers him a bracelet that she's made. Because earlier in the episode, she saw a human couple where one where the woman had made a bracelet for her loved her loved one. Yes. And tells him, I made this bracelet for you. It's going to help you swim better. It's going to keep you safe. Yeah. Amy sees them make it. And Amy builds one to give to Sonic. Yes. And when she gives it to Sonic, Sonic says, I think that's just superstition. Because it is it is a really sweet move. And it's Amy saying, I know your major fear is that you can't swim. So yeah. here's something that I think is supposed to help you swim. Yeah. And Sonic says, isn't that just superstition? He doesn't say it cruelly. He's just checking. Yeah. And it makes sense that maybe he would check. Because there are magic items. And because uh, Amy is magic. That's true. Specifically. Yes. So there could be a little bit of like, did you actually make me something? Or this is just superstition. Yeah. And Amy responds to her credit. Yeah, I think it is just superstition, but I made it anyway. Yeah. And it was like so cute and so powerful. Yeah. And the way they're looking at each other is very genuine. And like the- they're, they are we don't see any of the like oh god get me out of here that sonic usually shows toward her yeah it's notable that they are alone more or less i guess eggman's nearby but doesn't really matter yeah um but they they i wonder whether sonic doesn't feel comfortable um being affectionate toward amy when other people are around if he feels like he needs to be kind of aloof or if he's like i'm uncomfortable yeah whatever but they're 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 alone she's done something sweet for him she's trying to take care of him and help him with his problem and he goes well this is not really going to help and she's like yeah but i i I want you know it's this it's the gesture that matters hey nicholas do you know about love languages Mm, well there's there's french (laughs) and there's no. Uh, okay, not what are you talking okay. kinds of love languages. <laughs> what are we talking about? The language is the way that you show love. And I think we have lots of evidence that Sonic's love language is gifts. Oh, interesting. Because anytime he wants to help somebody out, <gasps> yeah. he finds something to give them because he doesn't know how to talk about it. And he doesn't know how to relate super emotionally and clearly. So he goes and finds flowers for people. Yeah. And when he's like trying to make his friends happier like to even in this episode he goes and finds flowers and brings them back to the house to make the house look better that's true he helped cream and cheese make a flower crown yeah 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 sonic's whole thing is he understands 
what it means to give and receive gifts. And he's not much of a talker. Yes. He doesn't really know how to, he's not comfortable in that way, but he gives gifts to express himself. And this is the first time we've ever seen Amy attempt to relate to him in that way. Instead of just coming on very, very strong and like talking about how much she likes him and being like, let me hang out with you. I want to hang out with you. Let me hang out with you. Instead of that method, this is her coming to him with something she's made and saying, this is for you. And Sonic Uh, takes that very seriously. Yeah. And he reaches out to grab it. And in this moment, my whole heart shattered. And this is when I first, when I first recognized that this television program contained art because their fingers became extremely close to each other as she extended the proffered gift in her palm, her gloved palm. Glove to glove. And his beloved hand reached out upon to hers as if to cup the tips together, but then... Ashes to ashes, glove to glove, (laughs) they were separated. Ah. And I felt the power of art. (laughs) Eggman's... Remodeling robots form together into one giant scary serpent centipede. Yep. And they call it Serpenter, like s- Carpenter Serpent, which, which is, is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. And they squish part of the bracelet. They knock Amy and Sonic away from each other. And then Amy ha- goes through her, f- reaches one, if not her final form. Yeah. Another form, at least. Yeah. Where her eyes blaze with literal fire. She powers up. Real fire is inside of her eyes. She's yeah. absolutely magical. Her power level extends very, very high. Yeah. And she grabs her hammer and she just starts knocking the serpent to pieces immediately. Because yeah. Eggman, this is the first time we've seen Eggman pull out a second robot just for fun. And it does not even <laughs> yeah. get a chance to do anything. Yeah. Amy is warmed up and she just knocks it out, hits it, jumps up hits Eggman into the ocean and then that's not even enough so she flips and goes back into the to the ocean and hits him again into the ocean yeah. deeper yeah and then she falls into the water and has exerted herself so much that she is unable to swim right it looks like she might drown and yeah. so Sonic runs into the water to go get her and this is another example of Sonic not allowing his emotional insecurities to get in the way when it really matters yeah because he does not like they say explicitly in a way that was very cute at the beginning till says he doesn't like going places where he can't run yeah and that's a like, great way to put it it's both literally true and like a very emotionally powerful when you think about like his character yeah. and the sort of masculinity he projects yeah. this like he does not like being in situations where he cannot quickly get out of them or get right. or finish them very fast true yes and and while sonic is living in one big situation like that right now we <laughs> See him in this case decide he's going to go into the water and try to get Amy. And he does. He saves Amy. Amy wakes up. Uh, she has this really funny dream. A very good dream sequence that I've seen, like, this kind of thing done before. But yeah. it was funny to see it in this context because it felt like... And I know that we've already said Sonic Art is very good and really real. But it keeps surprising me with its capacity to be in conversation with real art. Like, that joke yeah. is so... That joke is so genuinely, like, crafted, and it is something that I've seen in so many things because it is a funny idea. Yeah. That's so, somebody who decided this was worth putting in a Sonic show. Right. Has all of my respect. It's good. So, so Amy passes out. We're not really sure. It kind of, like, fades, and then she's running on the beach behind Sonic, and they're kind of laughing, and Sonic's looking back and smiling at her. And then... He keeps getting farther away, and she's like, well, uh, slow down. And we get this, we suddenly realize this is definitely a dream mm-hmm. because she can't quite catch him. And Caleb said, Oh, God, what a good, like, exterior, like, 
what a good manifestation of what it's like to be in an anxiety-ridden relationship with Sonic the Hedgehog. That yeah. you can't quite run fast enough to keep up with him, even when he's trying to run with you. Even yeah. when you're together, theoretically. It's an insecurity thing, yeah. right? It's 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 totally like that is a that's a real dream. Yeah. That's like a real dream somebody on that team had. Yeah. And it ha- it has to do with like feeling if you think about Sonic as like a hero and yeah. as somebody who's like so special and so powerful, even if you are so in love with him and even if you're totally sure that you're like meant to be, there's yep. got to be some serious insecurity there that like how will I ever match up to this like you just hero. can't keep up. Mhm. You got to go fast and you can't go fast enough. There's no way to go fast enough because nobody's as fast as he is. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the dream, he turns around, smiles, and then says with Cream's voice, Amy! <laughs> so good. It's so really, funny. really good. And it was such a surprise. And they zoom all the way on his face and give you this really long moment before it happens. Yeah. And it was not what I expected. Amy! <laughs> <laughs> Amy wakes up. She thinks that she has lost the bracelet. And she kind of is like, oh, I can't believe I lost it. Like, I'm going to make another one. I'm going to make sure that, like, he has the present that I wanted to make for him. And yeah. if, if he doesn't feel comfortable swimming, he won't be able to come to the beach with me. And I want us to be able to do everything together. Yep. And then it cuts to Sonic far away on the beach saying, I guess it's time to go home. Sitting in front of the ocean comfortably and not looking nervous at all. Yeah. With the bracelet on that yeah, he has repaired. Yeah, slowly pans down and shows him wearing the bracelet. Yeah. This show, I never expected a show to maybe turn me around on this. And they are definite. They have definitely begun... To put me in a place where I could be a comfortable son and me shipper. If this was the way their relationship usually went, then it would be a lot more uh, acceptable to me on a normal basis. Right. Normally, the people in charge of making Sonic Media cannot bear to treat Amy with anything approaching respect. God, yeah. And so... And this episode got the closest we've ever seen. Exactly. Yeah. So they undermine... So even in this episode, she's silly she's still her it's Mm -hmm. not like suddenly she's a different person she does have her same like kind of she's in her own head about Mm -hmm. liking sonic she thinks that they need to do everything together even if she's not like asking him whether he wants to do that or you know she definitely is still treating him as something of a project rather than a person yeah um but that it so it's all there Mm -hmm. right still her but the end result and the way that it plays out shows that they are potentially capable of yes. relating on a more even footing. And there's maybe there's just a lot of like that sort of teen nervousness that brings out these uh, crummy behavior. Yeah, exactly. And, you just don't know how to relate. So mm-hmm. you can't relate properly and you worry too much. So it makes you weird. But when they come together and look each other in the eyes and she has a gift to give and he accepts it, it's moving. Like it yeah. was touching. It was a touching moment. And I, I think that Amy still has a lot to learn and Sonic still has a lot to learn before it could be anything approaching a healthy relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. But the, what I interpreted today, and I don't know if this is the case, the way they animated it made it seem like this is the first time Sonic's even realized that that's what's going on. Maybe so. Yeah. Because when he looks at that bracelet and he makes the really intentional slow decision to reach over and grab it, like you can see him, the kind of the wheels spinning, like, Oh, oh. like, Okay. She's done something really genuine for me. She's mm-hmm. gone out of her way to make something for me, to show me this. And I'm wondering if something that might be going on in Sonic's head, which I've thought about before, is, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but when someone is, like, into you, 
but you're no. not sure that they're actually like <laughs> but you're not sure that they're actually into you like yeah you, you kind of and i've been on both sides of that before this like this creation in your head of like oh i like what i think this person might be with me and so right. there, there could be a level there that sonic does know but he has interpreted amy's affection as this sort of like well if she actually hung out with me she would realize that that's not the case yeah and then this is one of the first times it seemed like a oh, she actually maybe does have an idea of how to communicate with me. That's a really good point because it doesn't, it's not enough to just be in love with someone. Yeah. It's not enough to just be like, I love you and we should be together if you're not l- l- hearing their perspective and approaching them in a way that shows you actually understand them. Yeah. And so a, a lot of the time what she's doing is just like, oh, we're in love and we walk down the beach together and we go everywhere together and mm-hmm. they definitely don't. Yeah. And when she says stuff like that, of course Sonic's gonna be like, like you don't, no, get we don't. you don't know me. Yeah. Like you, you, we, I'm scared of the beach. Well, I'm scared of the beach and we don't actually ever get to hang out. Not yeah. that we, not that we can't, not that we wouldn't necessarily, but we don't have a lot of one-on-one time like you seem to think we do yeah. or whatever. Or that we should. Oh, and here's another thing. Mm-hmm. Even when, even when Tails is talking about Sonic, yeah. Tails doesn't acknowledge Sonic as being like a flawed person with fears. Oh. He's like, Sonic doesn't like that situation. He says like, Sonic doesn't, doesn't want to be in water. He doesn't want to be somewhere he can't run. Right. And what Amy is doing by giving him something that's genuine and saying like, hey, I, this is something to help you yeah. do this. It's acknowledging, oh, I understand that it's not that you don't want to. It's that you are re- afraid to. Yes. And when this he, is a real problem for you. Yeah, like you do want to be wow. hanging out. You do want to be hanging out with us and you do want to spend time with us. Where Tails, who's maybe a little too close to him on a friend level and has accepted this. And has a, a little level, bit too much of a hero relationship to Sonic still. That he is like, he, his interpretation is just like, oh, Sonic's fine. Yeah. Sonic's fine. He just doesn't want to do this. He's fine. And if he wanted to, he could, but he doesn't. He just doesn't like that kind of thing. And he just doesn't want to. It's it's a very like charitable reading Mm -hmm. of the like, oh yeah. I mean, he could obviously because he's great at everything. And like, I know he could do it. He just, that's just not his thing. And it kind of sucks probably to feel like you have to maintain that. And so having Amy be like, I know that you're scared and I want to help you. That's so sweet. And I can get why Sonic might have a little bit of a change of heart from that. How often has anybody really done this kind of quiet thing for Sonic? Like this is this is a really like I don't think it happens unique situation. I mean, I'm, I've never I've never thought of it this way. So maybe it's happened and we just haven't noticed it in this context. But I'm I'm I, this is an interesting reading of like maybe part of the reason Sonic stays aloof is that the people around him don't relate to him on an authentic level they accept that as him and don't try to see if he could be another way or yeah don't try to, and and what he does he does quiet things for people all the time yeah and so there must be a little bit of him that's like why does nobody ever do this stuff for me not to give him too much credit for that like yeah. he should reach out or not that this is a healthy thing but absolutely but, but I, I definitely have had friends who like i looked up to in a certain way or who i thought were too cool and so I wouldn't reach out to them. So like, oh, they're busy. They don't, they don't need it. They don't want to hang out with me, yeah. right? But then if you, but a lot of the time, someone you perceive as being too cool to hang out with is maybe a little bit anxious about reaching out to people themselves, or they're a little bit of a homebody and they don't want to go out or whatever. But I'm glad you, you finally worked up the nerve to talk to me. I, me too. It was, <laughs> you know, it, it, it took a while. I know that I seem too cool. I know. But finally, today, after all of these days, Caleb, will you hang out with me? <laughs> I'll think about it. Uh- <laughs>
<laughs> ah, he's so cool. <laughs> Sorry, in my case, it's just true. I just am. Yeah, yeah. It's. T- <laughs> it's. <laughs> this is good, though. It's interesting. It is. Um, this is the first time we've talked about. We've really talked about love. It's true. It's the first time we've really talked about that, like sweet, sweet other side of the emotional spectrum. Yeah, because normally we just want to talk about like action i talk a lot about laughter punching and i talk a lot about skeleton boyfriends but i don't really dig into why i love my skeleton boyfriends (laughs) please go on (laughs) because with the skeleton you gotta use the club (laughs) (laughs) hey nick you know what i want to do hey oh caleb what what is it i think i want to crack out my glasses and flip open those pages yeah because it's time this is so romantic for some speed let's do speed reading for once sorry every time you play that song i just get so like it's really good wrapped up in it it's a great song and it really feels like stories to me now Mm -hmm. chapter six right we are on chapter six. Hello, and everyone, and welcoming to Sonic the Hedgehog speed reading. Let's yeah, let's. It's been a while since we did this. So let's talk a little bit about what it is. Hey, if you've never listened to our show before, sorry, sorry, and you're welcome, and welcome, and uh, sometimes we read a very small portion of a very small book, <laughs> and we call it speed reading, and we have a. Uh, a book by Michael Teitelbaum called Sonic the Hedgehog, published by Troll Associates in 1993. And um, it is about how Sonic and, as they call him, Robotnik in this version, mm-hmm. uh, were two children who were both adopted by Uncle Chuck, uh, raised together. Robotnik, from a young age, wanted to make robots, and that puts him into conflict with everyone around him. He wants to be the boss. Mm-hmm. And then they are now teens, and Robotnik has just returned from uh, uh, exile and and a mysterious vanishing to kidnap Uncle Chuck, Sonic's dog, Mutsky, and uh, take them to a factory. Sonic just saved them, actually. Oh, no, no, no. Sonic just took off to Robotnik's factory. Uh, Eggman placed a fake order for chili dogs from Uncle Chuck's chili dog stand. Yes. While Sonic was taking the chili dogs to his trapped factory, Eggman came to the stand yes. and captured Uncle Chuck and Mutsky. That's correct. Sonic has just evaded the trap, and now he is going to save Chuck and Mutsky. But then he went to a factory where he fought robots. That's what I'm saying. That's, and- that's where he took the chili dogs. And then he escaped from there. Oh, so it's funny because... This is a factory, and then the very last sentence of this chapter that we just read before is, Varum, Sonic took off to Robotnik's factory. So he's he going just, to another factory. He went from That's what factory. I got confused about. Yeah, a factory to Robotnik's factory. All right, so here we are in chapter six, speed reading, a resume. Sonic stopped in the woods just outside Robotnik's factory. Because he had to pee. He... Could see the tops of the chimneys pouring dirty smoke into the air. Everywhere's a bathroom, baby. He... How dare you? <laughs> Do you see the fire in my eyes? Mm-hmm. We're doing... This is speed reading. Not peed reading. <laughs> it's weird because Sonic could just run to any bathroom really fast. I guess it's just about feeling the freedom. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> he thought about Uncle Chuck and Musky. Robotnik picked the wrong hedgehog to mess with, said Sonic. I'm heading straight in there, and when I'm through, there won't be a robot left standing. I wouldn't do that if I were you, 
said a voice from behind Sonic. And it flicked a cigarette on the ground and stamped it out with her high heel. <laughs> Startled, he jumped ten feet into the air. <laughs> he landed, ready to smash a robot, but instead, he found himself face to face with a cute little chipmunk girl. I've got a case for you. A case you're not going to be able to refuse. <laughs> her brown hair was in a ponytail. What's the idea of sneaking up on someone like that, asks Sonic. I guess it's confusing if I do music while there's music playing. I guess that. Uh, I guess that's true. I guess we... Well, you could just do your music instead if that's what you want to do. No. I was only stopping you from making a big mistake, said the girl. If you went in the front gate, the SWAT bots would have captured you in no time. Who are you? Asked Sonic. I'm Princess Sally Acorn. She Secret said. agent. Secret agent. <laughs> yeah. Secret agent Sally Acorn. She's like, I've been undercover as a robot there for weeks. I know I know all. I look, I can help you get in there, kid. I don't have the same speed as you, but I know their routines. And, she said, pulling off one of her high-heeled boots, I hid my crown in here. <laughs> She's got a Swiss Army knife spy utility crown. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, it's a belt. It's a belt that when you take it off, it can like tighten down to being crown sized. <laughs> that rules. Yeah. That's well, what that's it is. That's a weird thing. Yeah. But, and then also you, it's like it's like a chain, so you can snap it to and use it as like a weird cool. metal rope yes. and stuff. But then like each of the gems either contains a different kind of like gas that you can use to escape, or like a different gadget. Or like a different gadget. Dude, secret <laughs> agent Princess Sally Acorn. Count me all the way in. Sapsa. Sapsa. That's my new name for her is Sapsa. Princess? Asked Sonic. What's a princess doing here? Sonic, how do you even know what a princess is? Great point. We have had no evidence that Sonic has received anything approaching a formal education. And he says a princess. So is this... What's a princess? Right. Like, does he live in a monarchy? Are there a bunch of monarchies? Does he not know who the, like monarchs of his land are right. in what situation would a princess be a big deal but not someone you would already like a know public figure let's go on and find out yeah what's a princess doing here my father the real king of mobius has been kidnapped by robotnik explained sally so, yeah, so so the correct thing there was the princess yeah what's the princess doing here? well here's how sonic prioritizes this situation he goes on to say so has my uncle and my dog said sonic <laughs> so he's just like okay cool well i'm gonna say uh i agree with sonic here absolutely being born into a monarchy doesn't make you inherently more valuable whether or not you've been kidnapped it probably makes you worse than other people <laughs> i would rather save the I, dog than yeah, anyone I, else involved absolutely if i had to choose between the queen and a dog dog every time <laughs> dog every time oh my god if you could give me like a dog queen dog but it's it's a it's a king though, right? It's the king and the uncle. It's a yeah, king mm -hmm. and the uncle and the yeah. dog. Well, we already have. This is like a chipmunk king. Is that close enough? <laughs> My dog and the older clone of myself are trapped. <laughs> and she's like, well, the owner, the older clone of me, that's my dad. Is also trapped. This is a weird way to say parents, but I'm just gonna run with it because I haven't spent a lot of time with commoners. <laughs> We've got to save our elder clones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's how people talk about it these days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've always just said dad. That's shorter, but less descriptive. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then Sally says, And so have most of the people of Mobius, replied Sally. Whoa! Is Mobius the city or the 
the world. I don't know what the context I'm is in so this version confused of the story. Now. Let's keep going. Let's they just did not give us enough info. I think we're trying to get. Inf- I think it's trying to give us info, but we stop every sentence and ask too many <laughs> questions. So wait, let's let's do a few sentences in a row here. Okay. But why? Asked Sonic. Robotnik's taken over the planet, said Sally. Oh my God. He's outlawed fun, learning, and clean air. He wants to turn Mobius into a filthy planet of robot slaves. I actually said that backwards because the cute acronym is CAF. It's clean air, learning, and fun. It's calf. like, a, you know, like it's, a baby yeah. cow. There's it, even a little picture of a baby cow and it's got its little hooves like in an X. Like, like a no. no. And it's yeah. frowning. And it's, but it's very cute. <laughs> He's got very cute propaganda and that's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> You have to be careful because the cuteness can get you dangerously close to fun. Let's see. Hold on one second. He's outlawed fun, learning, and clean air. (laughs) (laughs) My dude's a Republican. (laughs) And that's obvious. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, yes. Obviously. Spicy takes. But very obviously now. Because when he's just outlawing fun... You know, that could be any political platform that leans into fascism and control. Mm-hmm. But when you outlaw learning, when you cut the education budget, and when you deregulate industry, <laughs> and you want to have the dirty air, and you'd rather everyone die from coughing, yeah, you Republican. I think it's very funny, the, like, the push of this to literally outlaw clean air. It's not allowing the air to get Right, dirty. exactly. He's saying like, he's all like, air must be dirty. No, I cannot stand to take a deep breath. I need a very high PPM with the smog. Does, first of all, if Robotnik is like part robot, he might have a filtration system or a different kind of thing. Especially if he's done the edits on himself that we've kind of seen in Sonic Underground. Exactly. Edits. That's what we call when you change your body with robots. Mm-hmm. Personal um, edits. Personal edits. And but is his mustache the A filter? filtration system? Is his mustache the filter is what I'm asking. Oh, my God. Or is it his giant teeth as displayed <laughs> in this episode of Sonic X? All right, let's go. It was to turn Mobius into a filthy planet of robot slaves. Each prisoner he captures is sent through a machine called the Robo-Machine and turned into a robot. How, how is that? It's Ro-Bo-Machine. Ro-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo? Row, row, row your bow. Gently down machine. Gently down machine. (laughs) Scarily, 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 scarily. Like a mean bean. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I like Mm -hmm. to imagine Eggman holding Q-Bot and singing him to sleep with that song. Q-Bot's like, Master, I don't sleep. (laughs) Yes, you do. You love to sleep now because you love my song. <laughs> it's n- it may not be your job to sleep, but it is my command. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. But then uh, that's Cubot, and then what's the other one? Orbot. Orbot is over on the other side of the room, just like uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. cowering and going. I wish someone would hold me. <laughs> I'll sleep for you, master. <laughs> do we? Do you, as I do, have a like a menagerie, like a, like a robot harem of all of Eggman's cohorts that have like appeared in all of these different shows? Like in my head now, they're all there the, all the time. Yeah, like, it's hard to remember which ones are in which. Properties. I don't remember which one belongs with which, but they're all there. And they're all like at the big Batman Bruce Wayne dinner table. Oh. <laughs> and 
Eggman's at one end and all the robots and, and, and henchmen are at the other end. Oh my god. And they're like, pass the salt. Every once in a while, he like makes them play out roles in a family unit. Yeah. Like, he's like the dad and yeah. like Orbot has to dress up as a baby. Yeah. And like the assassin droids are like the visiting grandparents. Right. <laughs> And like Cubot is his wife, and they're just like, hello. Hello. Our family is very happy by decree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No fun, but lots of happiness. You don't have to ha- you don't have to have fun to be happy. You just need to do the right thing. Which is put on this bib, <laughs> you baby bot. <laughs> Oh my god uh, what was happening in this actual story they were reading so sorry wow i i, I you know i'll get part way into a sentence and just formulate a whole fanfic <laughs> each prisoner he captures is sent through a machine called the robo machine and turned to a robot i only hope we're in time to rescue my father and your uncle and dog <laughs> <laughs> to rescue my father and, and your, your uncle, uncle and dog. dog who cares robotnik will turn them into robots too I'm going to stop him right now, said Sonic. Wait, get down, cried Sally. She grabbed Sonic's hand. (coughs) That's all. (laughs) And pulled him to the ground. What the? Said Sonic. Shh, said Sally. Look up there. Sonic saw a group of flying robots that looked like giant bumblebees. Are these those big hornet things? Those are Robotnik's buzz bombers, explained Sally. They'll patrol the area around his factory. They'll pass in a minute, and then we can make our moves. See, she knows their whole routine. She's been studying this place for weeks. She went undercover as a robot. She's been solid snake in this place. Yeah. She's got the she's got the the time travel cigar and the and the um, heat vision binoculars. Mm-hmm. And she's been camped out on the ridge for multiple consecutive days, tagging every robot. God, I want to play Metal Gear Solid. What's happening? Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Yeah, just take your phone call. Hello. Hi. Hello? What's going on? Um, is anyone there? Are you having a hard time hearing because the headphone's in your ear? I'm so sorry. I didn't take the headphone out of my ear, so I'm not sure if anyone was talking to me on the phone. <laughs> what I just did was answer the phone, hold it up to my headphone ear, and uh, all I could hear was Caleb <laughs> being the other part of the conversation. So I hope it wasn't important. It wasn't a number that I recognized, and most of the time, the only people who call me are ghosts, so... <laughs> Were we was, talking about Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> it was really, really funny to watch you put that up to the headphone. <laughs> All right. Story time. Are we Sto- almost done? Story continue. Yes. Cool. Um, when the Buzz Bombers had... Oh, wait. Whose voice am I doing? <clears throat> so Sally's like, they'll pass in a minute, and then we can make our move. When the Buzz Bombers had flown past, Sally and Sonic got to their feet. Solid, Sally, solid, Snake. Sally, Snake, and uh, Sonic... Revolver. Perfect. Perfect. I don't know uh, anything about Metal Gear Solid, he, but I'm pretty sure I nailed it. Yeah, you pretty much did. Well, Sonic Hedgehog is already basically a Metal Gear name. Like, that could have been somebody. Like, Revolver really Ocelot, be. Decoy Octopus, Sonic Hedgehog. Dang. Is right in there. Yeah, that's already there. So it's already there. Mm-hmm. I know a shortcut that will lead us right to Robotnik's robo-machine, said Sally. Come on, we'll have to move fast. No. Sonic smiled. He did it though. Sonic smiled. Oh my god. This this part of this movie, this this scene alone yeah. has made this worth making a movie of. Yep. The, her like her like looking at him and being yeah. like 
we're gonna have to move fast. And the shot of like you could see Quentin Tarantino's like yeah. zooming. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino's Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Reservoir hogs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's like, mm. the smile, like, he smiles fast, but the camera is in slow-mo, so they use mm-hmm. a super slow-mo camera, you can see every muscle as it deforms in his face. And, and he, like, like, that little side mm. smile pops up, and he goes, I'll see what I can do. In fact, he says, well, so, for, so secondary note, Sonic smiled is an entire sentence, and uh, that's the Jesus wept of this book. <laughs> Sonic smiled. The shortest sentence in the Bible. <laughs> That's what I do best, he said. Sonic blew past Sally and zoomed on ahead. See, I wish he had been once. I, th- I wish he'd been one step cooler. Yeah, he I'll wasn't see what cool I can enough. do. Exactly, yeah. right? Like saying that's what I do best is like, well, yeah, but you had an opportunity here. But then he obviously doesn't care that much about impressing Sally because he literally just goes Pew, and leaves her alone. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, go fast. Pew, I'm gone. <laughs> She's like, I know a shortcut, and he's like, I'm, I am a shortcut. Boom. That's a good Sonic line. Oh, whoa, 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 TM. <laughs> I am a shortcut. Yeah. Hire us. <laughs> we have gone deep undercover as Sonic the Hedgehog for half a year now, and we are so embedded. God. Uh, I think that's a good stopping point for today. All right, that's good. We nailed it. Um, <sighs> woo. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Next week will probably be the last act three of our Sonic 06 series with Zelani Stewart. Yeah, we had such a good time talking to Zelani, and I'm sorry that it took us so long to get all the pieces out. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm bad. I'm bad at editing, and well, that takes me time. We, we just, we saved it for when we had a break. And we knew, we knew I would be out of town this week. Yeah. So it worked out well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So act like we knew what we were doing. That's what I'm saying. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Caleb's going out of town for some reason. Uh, he hasn't I'm going told me why, and I don't want to know, because I, I don't get to go anywhere. I'm going to go to Book Expo, a big uh, book convention in New York. Ooh, if you're at Book Expo in New York. HMU. D- H- 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 HMU. HMU. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be there. I'm going to be going and talking about my book, Top Elf, and learning some stuff about other people's books. It'll be really fun. Heck yeah. Did you know that Caleb has a book coming out that's very good? It's for uh, middle grade audiences, but also adults like it? Oh yeah, if you like our goofy humor here, and you like the kinds of ideas that we have, a lot of the kinds of ideas that we have are the sort of stuff that I put in my book, Top Elf, coming out with Scholastic. And I can personally guarantee that the book is better than this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely spent more time on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, It's very good. It's called Top Elf, and it's coming out in september you can pre-order it now and one of our good friends and friend of the show juliana chen yeah is going to be doing a special print for it oh yeah only come if you pre-order from my bookstore avid bookshop avidbookshop.com uh in athens georgia you got to get that oh you can go to caleb and there's a link to it we made that website for him nick made it and it's very cute yeah and uh and y'all got to get that book because it's so cute and sweet and smart it's like 16 dollars. it's a quick read and it's gonna be really fun and if you have like tiny you have little children in your family not even that little yeah you can read it with them you can give it to them it's a really really good present it's gonna be great for christmas and it comes out september 26th but there are multiple adults who have read it also and like cried and smiled at the same time because it's very good and it's like i'm i'm very proud of caleb and i'm really happy with the work that he's doing thank you uh, nick it's really really good so get that book and um you know break into book expo so you can uh hijack caleb Mm -hmm. i guess maybe i shouldn't say (laughs) Maybe don't say that. Uh, but yeah, if you are, don't you dare him, you know. kidnap Caleb and put him through the Robo machine. 
I feel like Don't I'd be okay care. as a robot. I think I, I could think hack it. You'd be okay. Actually, I think you might like that. Yeah, I think I would be down. I, you know, I used to think I did. Okay, briefly, I thought I did want to be a robot when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I was like, heck yeah, free me from this this mortal spoil. Yeah. And then I didn't want to be a robot because I, you know, felt like I was more of like a humanist, and I was like, no, we should just live your life and don't try to live forever sure. in the machine. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm pushing, you know. Being on this planet for seven decades, uh, my knees are getting a little weird, my ankles are getting a little wobbly, and uh, I sure would like to have a robot chassis instead, and some rollerblade legs. So, if you can... When I was a kid, I dreamed of... Do you remember Transformers Beast Wars? (laughs) Of course I do! I wanted to be the rat with the one big wheel. Rat Trap! Yeah. Rat Trap! He was my fave. I love Rat Trap. Mm -hmm. I, not coincidentally, preferred Cheetor. (laughs) the fast one (laughs) but uh that's neither here nor there Mm. we had a great time this week beast wars is everything (laughs) reboot beast wars hashtag (laughs) hashtag bring back beast wars that's our new campaign (laughs) forget sonic the hedgehog this is now beast wars fan cast we're doing a new podcast it's called beast chores and we (laughs) we talk about beast wars while we fold laundry and stuff (laughs) And it's just like 10 minutes long, but just whenever we have a minute, which is, I'm just oh, like, Caleb, no. Caleb, come over. I need to put away my laundry. Let's just talk about Rat Trap for five minutes. Oh, no. I'm making, <laughs> this is a new video series that we are going to have to do accidentally. <laughs> oh, no. Welcome to Beast Chores, the, another way for Nick and I to turn our entire life into work. I'm doing dishes and you can't hear anything either of us is saying because this <laughs> water's too loud, but periodically you can just hear Optimus. <laughs> Optimus. <laughs> I, thanks to our music people <laughs> Bulby <laughs> I'm thinking too hard about it This is really good If you want to see that oh. uh, Tweet at us with the hashtag Beast Chores oh. <laughs> Let us know that there's a market for it Maximals sanitize <laughs> <laughs> I am dying <laughs> Okay, yeah. Thanks to Bulby, Dave Dawkins from Goodnight Productions, and uh, all the composers of all the Sonic music of all time. And viewers like you. And viewers like you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Caleb Zane Hewitt. And I'm Thank You. And, and you're to show. Let's test the microphones. 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 That was a really good song. That was a good song. I uh, uh, I wanted to test the microphones. <laughs> that is what it sounded like. You're right. Yeah. I wanted to test the mic. How does that next part go? The microphone. I, I wanted, wanted to test. To test. Yeah, it's just two. That's yeah. why. The mics. The mics. I wanted to test. The sun will come out. All the two microphones. microphones. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, that's my favorite one we've done in a while. Woo. Good songs. <laughs>